0: Welcome to the Lead Your Life Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. I'm thrilled you're here with me this week on the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron, and I appreciate you showing up and paying attention and listening and being a part of this community. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So the last couple of weeks, I did a series on boundaries. So episode 105 was all around the importance of boundaries, why we feel overwhelmed and burned out and emotionally exhausted most often time is because we have a lack of boundaries. And the consequences of not having boundaries is really significant especially as women, and I know I have both men and women listening to the podcast, but especially as women, we are socialized when we are growing up to have a hard time implementing boundaries because it, it's just not something that we are naturally taught. It's not something that we're exposed to. And we are also exposed when we start getting into school, college, in, and into our careers, that implementing those boundaries can also have some negative effects on us, and so we have to walk this really fine tightrope around putting up boundaries, but not coming across too too bitchy or too strong. And you know how do how do we walk that tightrope? I followed up last week in episode one oh six with kind of the how. So 105 was all around why the boundaries are important. And then last week, we focused in on the how. How do we implement boundaries without feeling guilty, shameful, bad, and maybe a horrible mom um, that we're setting some boundaries? We need some personal time for some self-care. That might be one boundary. But what we also spoke about in that episode was... These external boundaries and internal boundaries. And I'm hoping that the revelation that you got from that podcast is that so often we, we kind of internally think that we're putting ourselves in this small, small cage, when in fact, our external boundaries are a lot wider and a lot more open and available than we think they are. We put ourselves in a much smaller box. Because we're afraid to advocate for ourselves, because we're afraid to ask, because we're afraid to set a line in the sand, because we're afraid people aren't going to like us. We're afraid we're going to be judged. Who cares? Yes, you will be judged. You will get a no at some point. But what I would say is if you're not getting no's, if you're not getting judged, you're probably not pushing far enough with your boundaries. So I'll kind of leave you with that to think about. But as I started thinking about the follow-up topic to boundaries, because it's such a big one, and I, I do have to say, I got the most feedback about those two episodes than I think I have in all 106 episodes. So it really hit a nerve, and it really brought something up to the surface that I think, you know, lends itself to a conversation. So I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that I'm I'm pushing those buttons. And I'm bringing about that awareness, because I love that you're going to start having those conversations, not only with others, but most importantly, with yourself. I am grateful for those conversations. Because what I know, from all of my coaching experience, is that When you start having those conversations with yourself, it's that personal awareness that changes everything. That's all it is. Obviously, when you you hire a coach and you have a coach as part of your team, you can get there further and you can get there faster because you have that accountability. And when the fear starts to creep in and when you start to hold yourself back and you start to get into old habits that are really comfortable and safe... Um, that's where a coach can really, really come in and, and push. And that's what I love about coaching. I I tell my clients that sign up with me that I'm the coach that's going to kiss you on the forehead and kick you in the butt. Because I I get so invested in my client's success, not in a awkward, kind of weird way, but I, I just get so, I, I'm so compassionate and I'm so empathetic and I'm I'm so rooting for your success that it means a lot to me that you are set up for success in reaching your goals. So if you ever want to have a conversation about one-on-one coaching and what that looks like, or even our group coaching program, which we're signing up participants right now for our spring Women Leading Powerfully Leadership Lab, that is a 12-week group coaching program for women. And the great thing about that is you can have that one-on-one coaching individually to really meet your specific goals. But the best thing about the 12-week program is that you are in a community with like-minded women. And I know that community is something we are all craving right now. With COVID opening back up and people you know, being able to get together and build that connection. It's something that we have seen consistently in our Women Leading Powerfully programs and our corporate organizational group coaching programs is there is magic and collaboration and connection and innovation in the group coaching programs. They are so fun and so amazing. So if that sounds like something that might be of interest to you, you know, reach out either way and let me know. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. You can either DM me on Instagram, you can schedule a call with me via email natalie at corecreationcoaching.com. And I am happy to set up a 30 minute call with you just to talk about what your challenges are and how coaching might support you in that journey. So, don't be afraid to reach out. I'm happy to have that conversation. And there's no strings attached. It's just you and I having a conversation about what your goals are and how I might support you. So, as I mentioned, we talked about boundaries. And then, as I was thinking about this week's episode, I was thinking about all of the feedback I got about boundaries, the conversation about boundaries and then i settled on what is really at risk when people have what i call mushy boundaries what is at risk and i i talked about it in just in the beginning of this podcast episode it's it's burnout it's exhaustion but i started asking myself why why is that and what it comes down to is energy as leaders and we're all leaders i talk about this all the time Whether you are at work and you're a leader, and whether or not you are in a leadership position, you are still a leader. Whether you're a stay at home mom and you're managing your household, you're still a leader. Everyone is a leader. And what it comes down to is energy. We all have a finite level of energy. And when we are spending, so much energy either internally ruminating about the work that needs to get done or the work that did get done, but we're still ruminating about it because we're worried whether or not it was perfect, whether all our eyes were dotted, our T's were crossed or I you know I had this great presentation to the board or to leadership and I'm not sure how it went. maybe I should have said this, maybe I should have said that. Or even in your personal relationships. You know, why did I bring this topic up? Why aren't we talking about this thing that we've been needing to talk about? How do I get my kids who are teenagers to, you know, kind of comply? But when I realize I don't really have much control anymore as a parent. And there's all these things that are ruminating inside of us. And that is taking energy. And... Those are the internal conversations. And then there's the external conversations. There's the situation where you are a high performer on your team. And because you are doing such fantastic work, guess what? More work gets loaded on you. Because everyone knows that you're capable. And everyone knows that you do great work. And you do A-plus work. And you're going to get results. And so the work keeps being piled on you. And the expectations keep getting piled on you. And then you're expected to volunteer for extracurricular projects. And maybe DEI is a passion for you. And so you volunteer to be a part of the project team on uh, your work project team for DEI, above and beyond your day job, by the way. You know, and then, (laughs) as I talked about in my previous episode, and then after work, after you're doing all of this stuff at work, then you go to pick up your kid from school, and you're stopped in carpool, and you're asked to be the head of the PTA board. And then, because you're seen as a respected, empowered leader at work, of course, you're asked to volunteer to be a part of the annual fundraising benefit dinner that will help bring in needed funds for the school. So you see how all of this snowballs. And at the end of the day, you only have so much energy. Well, I should say at the beginning of the day, you only have so much energy. And by the time you give all of that energy out to everyone else in your life, guess what? Your energy is zapped at the end of the night and you end up on the couch eating some Ben and Jerry's with some Netflix because you are completely wiped out. There's nothing left for you. And this is where this idea of energy leadership comes in. So before we dive more into this topic of energy leadership, I would love for you to pause, grab a piece of paper, grab a notebook, and write down this question and answer for yourself. And if you need to pause the podcast for a moment and then come back to it after you've answered this question, that's great. Take a moment for yourself. Give yourself that energy. And do this for yourself. But here's my question. I want you to think about the things in your life that fill you up with energy. What are those things? It could be getting out in nature. It could be taking a walk with your kids. It could be listening to your favorite podcast. Or maybe your favorite playlist on Spotify. It could be having a meaningful conversation with a girlfriend at dinner. It could be doing something adventurous. It could be doing something innovative at work. It could be working with a team that you really get along with and that energy fills you up. But I want you to think about those things that fill you up are the things that give you energy. They've talked about this in research around this idea of flow of when you are doing something that energizes you, it actually creates more energy. And you get into a zone where you're, you're not really expanding any energy per se. It, you are able to focus and you are able to be highly productive and you are basically at your best. And so I want you to think about when are you at your best? What are you doing? What are you thinking? Also, what are you feeling in that moment when you are at your best, when you are feeling just filled up and fulfilled and happy and thriving and energetic and excited? What is happening in your life? And I also want you to think about how often do I have that feeling in my life? Because the sad truth is most people aren't resonating With that level of energy very often in their life. The most common level of energy is drained energy, is fatigued energy, is the energy where we feel completely burned out. When we are looking at things from a negative perspective, when our glasses are foggy and all we can see is all the things that we dread, and all the things that we have to do, and the people in our life that are draining us. It could be your boss. It could be the colleague that's driving you crazy. It could be your kids. It could be a family member who has a different political viewpoint than yours. It could be your past. It could be a lot of things that just are draining you. And so keeping out your list, I invite you to think about What are those things that drain you? What are those things that drain you of your energy? And how often are you feeling like that? How often are you feeling like you are putting out so much and you're giving so much and you are just emptied out? You're exhausted. And what does it really feel for you to feel like that? it may show up in the form of anxiety. It may show up in the form of depression. It may show up as exhaustion, burnout, tiredness, lack of energy, overeating. There's so many ways that that negative energy can manifest itself. And so what are you feeling? What are you thinking? And how often are you feeling that type of energy? And here's what I want to say. If you're looking at your list, and let's just say you've you know, kind of matched the list on one page and you're looking at it on the other page and you're noticing that the things you f- are filled up by and happy and you're thriving and you're in the zone and you're in the flow, let's say that list is not very long and it's not happening that often for you, but this negative list of all the things that are draining you out and making you feel burned out and exhausted is pretty long and you're noticing that you're staying there quite a bit, I just want you to know that that is completely normal. I don't want you to start having negative self-talk around that and shaming yourself for I should be more positive. I should be more on this list, on the positive list. Because it's just not the case. In fact, there's been research done. One of the people that's done a lot of this research His name is Bruce Schneider, and he is actually the founder of my coaching program that I went through years ago called IPEC, which is the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching. And he did a lot of research around energy and energy leadership. And um, I'm actually, through the coaching program, certified as an energy leadership master practitioner, which means I'm qualified to give an Energy Leadership Aptitude Assessment. And it's such an interesting assessment because it measures the amount of energy and your resonating level of energy that you show up with every day. And it shows you the lens in which you view life through. And it sounds a little woo-woo, but it's really not. And it's such a powerful tool in helping people understand where they resonate and what kind of energy that they are not only bringing to the world, but bringing through themselves. And as a leader, your energy can be the single determining factor that differentiates you from anyone else. It can absolutely be the thing that makes you a great leader. It can inspire confidence in your customers It can inspire respect among your colleagues and your team. And this energy leadership can be the thing in your life that absolutely takes your work performance and your career to its highest potential, takes your relationships to their highest potential, and takes you personally to your highest potential and to potentially a place that you've never experienced before when you really harness this energy leadership in your life. So before we talk about the energy part, let's just talk about leadership itself. When you think about leadership, I invite you to think about what does it mean to you? How are you as a leader? And when you think about leaders that you worked for, that motivated you, that inspired you, that you, where you did your best work, where you were freed up to be innovative, to be creative, to bring your highest and best self to work, I want you to think about that leader. Think about someone specific. And whether or not they were in a leadership position or not really doesn't matter. They might have been someone that was influential in your life. And what I invite you to think about is whether or not you have a leadership position or not, do you think of yourself as a leader? And what I would venture to say is that If you don't think of yourself as a leader, regardless of your position, you are limited in your thinking. Because the truth is, leading is the way we help move people into action, ourselves included. So I want you to think about that when you're thinking about leadership. It's how we move people into action. Are we moving them from a negative space because they have to do it? because it's their job, because we're being authoritarian? And I invite you to also think about this with your children. Are you moving them from a place of because they have to? Or are you moving them to action because they're motivated to move into action? And what shifts do you need to make in your leadership to get people to move more? I'm guessing it's your energy. When you think about people that have inspired you, or when you think about the great orators in our country, you think about Dr. Martin Luther King, when you think about his energy and his passion and how he moved so many people into action and he had so many people following him because of his leadership, that's what leadership is. But we've also seen leaders who are very charismatic but they're coming from a negative place. They also can have lots of followers. I, I just heard today, and that's why I'm bringing it up, uh, a reference to David Koresh. So you think about those kind of leaders who get people to follow them for the wrong reasons. And, you know, they're at risk for, of hurting people. Um, politically, obviously, we have a lot going on. And I don't want to get into a political discussion, but we have people following leaders who aren't doing good for our society and who aren't using that energy for good. And so I want to get into this idea of good energy and bad energy. Um, The way Bruce Schneider talks about it in our program around energy is that we all have anabolic and catabolic energy. And so for practical purposes – there's really these these two kinds of energy, anabolic and catabolic. And anabolic energy describes energy that's constructive, it's expanding, it's fueling you, it heals you, it's growth-oriented. Anabolic energy is that energy that helps you move forward, it helps you achieve and your team achieve positive, long-term, successful results. And it's useful in leading others. And what we know is that using anabolic energy allows you to have a bigger and a, a, a broader perspective and a more conscious view of what's going on around you. It also enables you to come up with more solutions, innovations, have more creativity, kind of be in that flow zone that I was talking about earlier. Catabolic energy, on the other hand, Is energy that is draining, it's resisting, it's exhausting, it's contracting. And what can happen is catabolic energy can provide you kind of with an energetic boost, like a bump of, hey, there's a deadline, we got to get to this, right? And it can help you combat what you might perceive as a stressful situation. But it's also distracting. And what it also does is it blinds us it gives us significant blind spots in our leadership because it gives us a very limited, very, very limited view of a situation. And when we have a limited view of a situation, it reduces the choices we have as leaders. We don't see all the choices that are available to us. There's absolutely a benefit in the short term for this catabolic energy but leaders and organizations that operate in this constant state of catabolic energy, they eventually implode. They go bankrupt. Whether it's emotionally, physically, pro- you know, profit-wise, they, it's not sustainable over the long term. And research shows that the most successful leaders in life are those with high levels of anabolic energy. Like I said, those with who are leading with catabolic energy can get results in the short term, but they can't sustain that success over the long term. And so what I want to leave you with is that no matter who you are, no matter what you do in life, if you take an active approach in increasing this anabolic energy and looking at situations, what is the gift in this situation? What is the opportunity in this situation? What does this opportunity allow me instead of, oh no, why me again? Why is this happening to me instead of why is this happening for me? What's the gift here? You can see how that's a completely different perspective. And when you raise your level of energy to that anabolic energy, and you sustain yourself there for long periods of time, that is the one thing, like I said, that will leave you feeling more filled up, more happy in your life, more content, more at peace, and less drained. So we're going to continue this conversation next week on energy leadership. We're actually going to talk about the seven levels of energy And I'm super excited to share it with you. But I invite you to think about one thing before we meet again next week. Is I want you to be really present with how you show up in your energy leadership. How are you approaching work? How are you approaching a difficult person at work, maybe? What kind of energy are you bringing to that situation? What kind of energy are you bringing to your team? What kind of energy are you bringing to your family. And I invite you to make just a 10% shift. I'm not asking you to completely change, but what is a 10% improvement that you can make until we meet again next week? So think about what that 10% improvement is. How are you going to make a choice to show up with a different kind of energy so that at the end of the day, you have more energy for yourself? So I can't wait to touch base with you and continue this conversation next week. So until we meet then, be good to yourself. All right, I'll see you back here next week. Take care and bye for now. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity